Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Hello. In this week's episodes, first is Zod. Welcome to the Phantom Zone, Clark. Then it's Sneeze. Clark catches a cold and it leads to a new power. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello again, everybody. We are at the start of season six. We are past the halfway point, and we are in our kind of opening titular episode where we get to hear that line of welcome to the Phantom Zone. Uh, I'm Lou Gonzalez. Joining me as always is Alan Muir. Okay, so I know every time I, for the last past few episodes, I keep bringing up the crisis stuff with specific, specifically the Smallville universe. I was everything like I listened to the I watched the scene again. I thought, man, this is this seems a little too authentic. So I looked, so I looked at, like looked up information. Holly Henderson and Don Whitehead, who are EPs on Batwoman, they wrote for Smallville, and they they specifically wrote like standalone stuff for Welling. So oh, so they wrote that scene. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and to add to that, because you were talking before we start recording. Because Rosenbaum had the interview with Ralph, and in that he kind of hinted at what they wanted his thing to be, which would be him as Lex talking to John Cryer as Lex. And I, I'm kind of glad that that didn't happen because I feel like that would have not been what I wanted to see. Like I, I don't know. Like that's not what I would have wanted his if he was coming back as Lex to be. Um, I honestly would have preferred him if he showed up as like a Wally West, but. I don't know. I'm disappointed he didn't join the Crisis crossover, but like if that's what they were going with, I get why he wasn't interested in that. Like compared to what Welling got to do, that's way more boring. Yeah, Welling got a stand a stand like a standout moment. Yeah, it's like they gave they gave that show and they gave the Flash show like a perfect goodbye. Uh, the old Flash TV show. Yeah, but the nineties. The nineties one. Um, but yeah, so this episode is where we get the line that opens up like pretty much all the shows here. Um, so it's just basically the part two uh, or part three, if you think about it, from the way season five ended. And Lex is fully zodified. And um, so at the end of season five, Clark gets thrown into the, the mirror thing and he is in the Phantom Zone. So we open up uh, in the Phantom Zone, which is basically like. It's not sepia, it's not black and white, but it's, like, desaturated, like, past Man of Steel levels. Um, that's kind of what, like, the Phantom Zone look like. Although I do kind of like the idea where it's, like, this endless desert kind of thing with the weird pillars. I feel like when we revisit it, like, in Season 9 or 10, it looks, like, it looks very different. It looks more Mad Maxi. Yeah, Season 10, Episode, I want to say, 18. It is... It was 18 or 19. It, it was... It's just a really good episode. I'm try- I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it, it's very much like a Star Trek episode. I feel like like an original yeah. with because it's Kirk and Spock. Yeah, yes, yeah, Clark and Oliver. Um, so we open up here. So um, Clark realizes he has no powers. He gets like a cut, and or the the Phantoms are attacking him, which are like attacking. yeah, they're just being the crap. Like they're zooming yeah. past him. And it's interesting. So in this case, there are phantom phantoms, like there are ghostly wraith figures, 
and then there are like people who have bodies and there is a difference that will be kind of explored in later seasons of like what that means um so clark is rescued by Rhea, who is a kryptonian and reveals that she was jor-el's like lab assistant and she explains that Jarrell built the Phantom Zone as a prison for not just Kryptonians, but the, from 28 uh, known galaxies. And most of them lose their corporeal bodies and become literal phantoms. Um, but as Krypton was being destroyed, he put her in the Phantom Zone to save her. Um, and he presents like a stone that Jarrell gave her. It's the only weapon to use against the phantoms. And that's basically our Chekhov's gun for the episode. And Oh, and just a... Just a reminder, or, a, or in case you missed it, Pascal Hodden, who plays, or who played Raya, she was in Ageless. Yeah, she's the mom in the beginning of the episode that has the baby um, Which that ages. Name? I can't remember the kid's name. That, she did a massive, that was a massive transformation. Yeah, she doesn't even look like the same person. Um, yeah, so she explains the thing, and she also tells Clark that Zod has returned to Earth. Uh, but I don't. But she's like, I don't think you can stop him. And she's like, there is an exit. Uh, it's a gateway designed by Jarrell in case anyone in his family is there. So that Clark is the only one to open it. That's why she's never left. And then this is where we cut to the real world. So Lionel's rescues Chloe from an angry mob. And they're like trying to seek safety in the LexCorp building. Only to realize that... Um, how Did we ever figure out what we would call this Zod? Because it's like Zod in Lex's body. I guess Zex. Lod. Lod. We'll go with Lod. So Lod has kidnapped Lana. Lazad. Okay, I like Lazad. So Lazad has kidnapped Lana and he flew away. Big thing. So they just try decide to uh they're trying to decide how to stop uh Lazad. And Lionel's like, um Jarrell gave Clark a dagger and he'll go go back to the Ket farm to find it. Chloe is that surprised that Lionel will resort to killing Lex and suggests they try to read the Kryptonian symbols, but Lionel knows that Clark is the only one that could read them. He says the connection he felt to the fortress is now gone. And he gives Chloe a gun and tells her to take care of herself as he goes to the Kent farm. Which I do think this is kind of like the post-apocalyptic nature of this episode is interesting. Because not just is uh, Lazad around, but um, the virus has taken over the entire, like, all technology on Earth. The Brainiac virus. Yeah. So it's like completely everything is screwed. Yeah, something we forgot to mention. This is the last season that John Glover will be a uh, regular. Yes, he he will be around. He's just yeah, not a regular. Which I think this is the season where like that starts to turn for like six and seven is where we start to kind of like separate from the original cast. And then the newer cast members take hold more. Yeah, which is exactly where we go because Chloe goes to the Daily Planet and she runs to Jimmy Olsen. So which is the guy who he had she had the summer romance with when they were in high school and he's now a photographer at the planet, which when they wrote that, it definitely seemed like she made that all up. And I guess now they have at this point, they wrote it in like, Oh, this is a good tie in. Except when we get to season 10 and reveal that his name's not actually Jimmy, which is goddamn dumb. And I still don't understand that whole thing. All right. So Lazad has Lana captive. He brings her to the black ship. uh, She realizes that he's not Lex anymore. And then he Lazad asks her to, Bear him an error. He's going to put a baby in her. Um, and he's going to turn Earth into a Krypton-like planet using the, the ship's hard drive. Uh, Lana tries to stop him, and he basically, like, 
smushes her into the like stiff arms her to the wall um and puts a knife to her and then he goes to infiltrate the pentagon where he hopes to take control of all of our satellites um then once he leaves uh, lana's able to take the knife out and free herself and we cut to lois and martha who are in a plane when all this went down and when it went down so did their plane and they magically land in the arctic where near the fortress of solitude and Martha drags the only other surviving person, which is Lois, into the fortress and talks to Jorel. And she's like, you know, why did you crash our plane? But he's like, whoa, this was not me. It was uh, Milton Fine. And in fact, I saved you guys. And then because, also tells her. Because magic? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do they explain? It's like, how did he save them? Um, and then he tells her that Clark has been banished forever by Zod. And he's like, uh, there's a dagger. I gave it to Clark. And it's the only way to stop Zod. And you have to kill him to save the world. He thanks Martha for being such a good mother to his son and zaps them back to Smallville. So this is where Lionel shows up at the farm. And uh, Martha explains what she has to do. Lana also shows up looking for Clark, having now realized why Clark was talking about killing Lex. She reasons... Uh, that she's the only person that would be able to get close enough to use the dagger and offers to kill Lex. Uh, she takes the dagger back, where Zod is waiting. She tells him that she'll agree to bear his heirs, and they kiss. Thinking he's distracted, she goes to stab him, and he's like, I'm not an idiot, and he destroys the knife. Uh, and now he's pissed, so he takes the hard drive and pl- puts it on his laptop, and it does stuff to satellites, which makes earthquakes, I guess. Uh... And then he chokes Lana out. I don't know how this stuff is happening, but it does. Um, and we pop back to the Phantom Zone. So Clark and Rhea make it to the gateway. And she's like, only you can make it out. Um, but then the two um, Kryptonians that showed up in the other season are there. Uh, Aether and Nam Ek. So I wonder if someone was a Dragon Ball fan. Uh, Rhea pretends like, oh, he's like... Uh, I'm only using him to escape. They start the fight. Rhea kills Namek, but Aether stabs Rhea, who, you know, she gives Clark the crystal, and she's like, just get the hell out of here. He has to leave. He opens the portal, puts his bleeding hand on it, um, and he goes through, and then a bunch of phantoms and stuff fly through. Um, So seven meteor-like objects fall out of the sky of the phantom zone. One of them is Clark. This is obviously what will happen for the rest of the season. He arrives at the farm just in time to save Lionel and Martha from being crushed by the collapsing barn. Lionel and Martha tell him Lana took the dagger, so he goes to the mansion to confront Zod. Uh, Before Zod can choke Lana to death, Clark arrives and lasers the air heat visions, the hard drive, which deactivates satellites and now stops earthquakes. Uh, They fight. Zod picks up Clark and flies out the window with him. And they land in one of the most iconic sequences from Smallville's entire history. Yeah, when they're, like, spinning. And, oh, look, yeah. they land in a field, not in a major city, to have a fight. Um, Zod gains the upper hand and says, you know, to kneel before Zod. And he's basically, like, crushing him and, like, pinning him to the ground, like, with his hand. Um, uh, he says, he basically does his, like, Star Wars, uh, his empire, like, you know, we join forces, we can take over the world, like, father and son. But he doesn't use all those lines, but that's basically what it is. Um, Clark's like, oh, yeah, sure. And, like, he takes his hand. Um, but in his hand is the Jorel's emblem. Um, is, like, I guess the crystal. 
and it sucks Zod out of Lex's body and into the emblem, and Lex falls unconscious. And thus, the world is saved. Um, so Clark goes to the hospital to check on Lois. She's like, ah, I think I was in heaven. It was like all white and rocky and stuff. Clark's like, oh, you were probably just hallucinating. But they have like a kind of awkward, sweet moment. Lex encounters Lana at the hospital as well, and she's like, kind of skit, like weirded out by him. Um, and she's like, yeah, you st- put a knife through my hand and pinned me to a wall. Uh, Lex's like, I don't remember anything, but like, I guess I caused all this. And Lana's like, no, you didn't cause all this. It was something else. It was the aliens. Clark goes on the planet to check on Chloe, uh, who is worried about him, but is relieved to see him. Um, she tries to bring up the kiss, but he's like, whatever, it won't change our friendship. And she introduces him to Jimmy. And it's very obvious that they have chemistry. Clark's surprised. And like, it, this is where it's like annoying where Clark like is like, oh, now like my fallback option has somebody uh, with Chloe, which is kind of goofy. Uh, and he's a little hurt over it. Uh, Martha tells Clark that Lionel claims his connection to Jorel is gone. Clark tells Martha that he went to the fortress to talk to Jarell and bring along the emblem, but Jarell didn't answer. It was like the fortress was dead, and he doesn't know uh, what to do now. Everything has changed. Uh, you know, Jonathan's dead. Jarell's gone. Lex has become a true enemy. Lana won't talk to me, and she tries to comfort him, but nothing really helps. Um, and we cut to Lionel in his office, who is writing Kryptonian symbols, and he says power underneath it. Uh, Lex returns to the mansion and opens the laptop to find um, part of the hard drive still there. And then we cut to the kind of end phantom being in uh, Argentina, and it's all CGI. Um, And that's how we end this episode. Um, This is, like, a fine episode, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's some real goofy hand-wavy shit. It's it's Superman, so... Yeah. I mean, and also... It's the only three-part opener. Yeah, I, I guess, like, as a three-part thing, it works. I kind of think, I wish we would have gotten, like, a full, like, if they would have blown this out to, like, another episode in here. So that, like, if this episode ended with the confrontation between Clark and Zod, and then there was, like, a whole episode of them fighting. Because it was a lot of lead-up, and then the ending kind of is very fast. Like, he defeats Zod in, like, two minutes once he comes back. Like, I feel like he the episode could have ended with him coming back to Earth, and then next episode could have been, like, the the fight and the confrontation in the fight. Yeah. Um, I did you know, like it, I did like the homage to the Christopher Reeve movies. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, like, there's good stuff in the, um, uh, like, with all the Terrence Stamp stuff, and, like, there's interesting stuff that goes on. I just feel like um, the hand-wavy stuff is, like, a little goofy, and I think they could have done better. Oh, I didn't even realize they use this exact same thing in, super, in like season one of Supergirl. Yeah, as a plot, as like the plot to that. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, because basically we will get from here on out for the season like the Phantoms or the Zoners or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, it's like it's a good episode um, for the most part. It's a good kind of it's a better opening than I think some of the other openings because it's so action packed. And it sets up, like, the entire season in this episode as well. It's just, like, I guess the thing that bothers me is, like, how dystopic everything is. And it seems to go back to normal so fast. 
but I guess that kind of leads into like what goes on the next episode is why all that stuff gets fixed. Because they basically say it happens in a day, which is insane. Like this entire like the season five and season uh, finale and season six opening is like one day, which is kind of insane. So he spent like two hours in the Phantom Zone. Uh, I guess I would give this episode like a B. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on it? When I first saw it years ago, I was blown away. There's aside from the fan service, fan service stuff. It's not. It doesn't feel. It didn't feel the same watching it over again. So I'd probably give it like a either a C, a, a B plus or not a B plus. B at the most, C plus at the least. Yeah, like I think like Lazad, like having Rosenbaum playing that is awesome. And the Phantom Zone stuff itself is awesome. And that's why I kind of wish there was like, they were blown out more. Like, I wish we would have seen more of Lazad. And we really didn't get much of it. We got like three quarters of an episode of it. And I would have liked at least two. Because I think it would have made like the animosity between Clark and Lex a little bit better. And it would have been interesting if like some people saw that it was Lex, like his face, like in the world like maybe military people, it would have been interesting to like kind of play that out, which they never really do. Yeah. They just kind of like, Oh, this happened and then kind of move on with it. And I feel like there's really not a ton of consequences to it, um, except for the next episode, basically. And then like all that shit goes away. Um, So yeah, why don't we talk about the next episode, which is sneeze, which is a pretty terrible name for an episode. Um, but there does end up being a ton of stuff that happens. And I get, like, the premise of why it's called Sneeze is fun, but it is super goofy at the same time. Um, so in this episode, I'm basically following a couple days after the last one. Uh, Martha's listening to the news, and they basically refer to it as Dark Thursday. And I guess it only happened in Metropolis is what they're saying, even though the technology thing was all over the world. I yeah, thought, like, didn't at the end of uh, like the season five finale, we see all literally all lights on Earth go go out. I guess the earthquakes only happened in in Metropolis, and I feel like they do nothing to like explain away like the world does nothing. So Clark comes home, and Martha's like, "Oh, you've been out all night repairing things in Metropolis." Which, again, how does the world explain that like it's just magically being repaired? But well, the season two premiere flash. Yeah, but I guess like does this I do, I'm trying to remember if like if it's reference to like the blur. Is that what they do here? Is this where like the blur starts to become like a thing, but they don't name it yet? No, or nah, that's like later on, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of beginning of season, like near the end of. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hard to remember because the way the season ends. And where season seven begins, it's more of things like it's more of going back to things that have been done before on the show. So I think season seven is where it sort of begins. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's just weird that uh, that's all like kind of brought up here. I mean, it may or it could be but that's not brought up here. It could be season eight as as once Rosenbaum left the show, there was no longer the Lex Clark dynamic. And Clark started like they started introducing more, more and more comic characters, mm-hmm. like for example, uh, Plastique, the Legion. So and like the JSA and all that stuff. Next season or a season after that. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so basically, we go from here. Clark is looks exhausted. Basically, is like, oh, I didn't defeat Zod quick enough, which he did it pretty fast. Um, Martha's like, you need to take a break, but no, I still have the farm chores to do. So he's in the barn. He's repairing some steps um, when he sneezes and it blows the barn door off, which uh, Clark is like, oh, like freaks out. And then we cut to Lois is jogging um, and the door almost like flies out of the sky and lands like right next to her, which is insane. It's a good Uh, thing that Jonathan is dead because that would have given him another heart attack. Yeah. So Martha takes Clark's temperature and she's like, you don't have a fever, but this is literally the first time you've ever sneezed or had, like, any sort of cold things. And she's like, it's probably because you're, uh, she's like, oh, maybe you caught something in the Phantom Zone since you didn't have your powers. And Clark's like, he's not, I'm not really sick. And then it's like, Lois shows up and she's like, you know, um, like, I almost got hit by a barn door. And then she's like, oh, my God, it's our barn door. Like, there's no door there. Uh, and they're like, oh, we're trying, like, Clark and Martha try to explain, but Lois is like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this because... I'm a searcher for the truth. Uh, this, this is sort of the beginning of her arc. Yes, of her. Bec- this is where like she becomes like a more major character, and her becoming the Lois that we want to see. I guess. I guess like grown up Lois being a reporter. So uh, Lex. Then we cut to the mansion, and Lex is talking to Lana. She explains that she needs to stay a uh, place to stay while. Uh, met you is recovering from the sc- destruction and he seems like like kind of distracted uh lex questions his private investigator pontius and who confirms that lex is being followed and tells lana if anything happens to him to call pontius not the police he later goes to visit lionel and it's like you're the one that's having me follow lionel's like no um but that lex uh, you know, you should try to think about what happened on Dark Thursday. And he's like, I have no memory about it beyond what Lana told me. Lionel's like, you know, I can help you. And Lex kind of storms off. And then in the elevator, he gets gassed and falls unconscious. And then we have like a James Bond entrance from the ceiling and someone grabs him. But less impressive. Yes, very less impressive. Although someone that will work for CW for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Clark goes to the Daily Planet to tell Chloe about the sneeze. She's unconcerned until he sneezes again and basically almost destroys the entire office. And it's like a mini hurricane. Um, and that Lois is digging into the barn door. Uh, Chloe's like, you need to go and take care of your cold. Um, I'll deal with Lois. Clark is healing. Clark goes home. He's healing worse. But Lionel shows up and asks Clark to find Lex. He thinks that um, if Lex is tortured long enough, he might reveal or he might remember being Zod and Clark's secret. Lois and Chloe, Lois shows Chloe the barn door and Chloe tries to make an explanation about mini tornado. And Lois is like, yeah, okay. Um, she writes an article about it and gives it to Chloe convinced the planet needs to know. Uh, Chloe kind of like hand waves her. And this is where I, the joke, which they take from the comic books about her, like spelling errors, I believe starts in the show, which is something directly from the comics. Um, but Lois is like, not, uh, is not discouraged and she's gonna shop the story elsewhere and lex is kidnapped again this is like the 17th time um and he's strapped to a chair lined with a chain link fence and he's approached by orlando block uh who is played by um oh i get i can't pronounce this lachlan Mon- monroe yeah yeah that's that's the guy yes 
um, who, if you've watched, um, crap, um, what's the name of that show? Riverdale. He's been on. He's been on Riverdale basically since the beginning. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I can't believe I forgot. Uh, yeah, he's I, Betty's dad. Yeah, I was gonna say the other moniker he has, but that's. I think that's a little spoiler. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, Betty's dad in Riverdale. He was also in. I'm trying to think like one or two episodes of Lucifer pretty early on. I think like season one. Um, he's also like in White Chicks and Tomorrowland and a bunch of stuff. He's like a very character actor guy. Um, he always plays a dick. Uh, that's kind of like his role. Or a crazy uh, guy. Or a crazy guy. He's got like, I feel like he's... Got crazy face? Yeah, he's got crazy face. Uh and basically, he says, I saw your powers. Um, I was working on the satellite on Dark Thursday. Uh, I guess. Oh, he like I saw you what you did on the only working satellite during Dark Thursday. And it's like, um, if you don't, I'm going to kill Lex. Uh, if he doesn't tell him, like, how he did everything. Uh, Block's helper comes in Wagner and objects to the methods, saying that they were not instructed to harm him. Block doesn't care and shoots Lex to make him start talking. Lex insists that he doesn't have any powers anymore and even tells the truth that an alien being inhabited him and now it's gone. And Block is like, I don't believe a goddamn thing you're saying. Um, and then Lex is like, fine, I injected myself with a serum. It's located at Luther Corp. Block sends Wagner after it. Um, Clark goes to the mansion and finds Lana there and he's like, oh. Uh, she's like, uh, doesn't want to tell him anything that's going on because she thinks Clark is only trying to cover his own secrets. Uh, but when she leaves, she calls Pontius, but only gets voicemail. Clark hears uh, the call and super speeds away. Um, Lana looks through the desk and finds the remote security, remote control to a security camera network on the TV display, which is um, that Lex is always watching and watches herself undress. And then watches another camera and sees Lex and Pontius's earlier conversation, figuring out where Lex is located. Lionel arrives at a loft, which we'll see a billion times in this and other shows, because I'm pretty sure, I think this is the same location they're using in Batwoman, or at least like the same set, it looks like. Um, maybe not. It looks similar. Um, and it belongs to Oliver Queen. Uh, who was played by not, the now... Not, not that Oliver Queen, a different yeah. Um Probably more famous now, Justin Hartley. Um, yeah. From This Is Us, and I think he's in like a big movie that's coming up. Obviously, uh-huh. we did the Aquaman pilot, which he was the star of. I'm trying to think. Uh, why can't I find his IMDb? All right, well, yeah. This uh-huh. is Us is basically the big thing he's done. Um, but he has, I know he has a new movie coming out. Yeah, The Hunt. Oh, The Hunt, okay. Um Lionel reveals to Oliver that he knows Oliver had the only working satellite during Black Thursday and that him and Lex have an unpleasant history. And basically is like, did you do something to Lex? If you did, you'll regret it. And Oliver is like, like whatever. And kind of blows him off. Um, which I do think the difference is like this Oliver is much more closer to the comic book version of the, of Oliver. Than yeah. He's a, dick. he's a dick and he's like, much more flirty and um, kind of flippant and fun. Like he's not really like the grim, serious, like Batman esque that uh, Amel was. So Clark goes to the daily planet again and he's feeling even worse. Um, and he tells Chloe, I was like, I was too tired to like speed all the way here. And I actually jogged at one point. Uh, he's like, can you look up Pontius? And 
tells her like how cold Lana was to him. Chloe's like, you know, kind of sympathizes. Um, and basically also tells him like, you're too sick to go alone. Uh, gives Pontius's um, like address. They go there. Clark X-ray visions a hidden door, but I don't have the energy to rip it down. And Chloe's like, wait, why don't you sneeze it down? He's like, I can't really sneeze on command. And this is like, this is a goofy way to explain his super breath. She's like, well, when you sneeze, you're t- you're breathing in really hard and then breathing it out all at once. So why don't you just try to do that? Um, which and they do like the super slow mo of him sucking in air, which is hilarious. It's like a 360 spin of him inhaling. Um, but then it works, and they go into the office, uh, and they are able to find the location of a warehouse. So, like, Clark's like, I don't want you to go because I can't guarantee your safety, and then just ditches her there. Uh, so Lana also arrives at the warehouse, but Block finds her outside and takes her into the caged area, and they're gonna, they threaten to test the serum on her, and Lex tells them to test it on him. As they are about to, he headbutts Block. They have a fight. Lana gets Lex loose and she ejects Block with the serum who starts shooting everything. Fire starts. Wagner leaves uh, and locks Lex and Lana inside and like they're about to burn to death. So like they kind of like um, are like they kind of like are looking like they're going to accept it. And then the fire gets blown out because Clark is like on the side and he uses a super breath. So he kind of gets away. Um and Lana basically at the mansions like, what the shit with all these goddamn cameras? Like, that's an invasion of privacy. Um, Mike's is like, I wasn't looking at his stuff, but like, I, they've just always been here. Like, I forgot to tell you about them, but I'll take the one out of your room. Um, but I've literally always lived with cameras, so like, they're staying. And so she agrees. Um, so Clark's feeling better, and he's planning to go to Crater Lake with Chloe, and Lois shows them her first byline which was in the Inquisitor, which is a tabloid, and she's never felt happier, and she thinks she's found her calling, which is interesting because Chloe's like, um, I'm the reporter. They invite Lois to the lake, but she declines because it looks cloudy. Clark and Chloe share a mischievous look, and he, like, blows away the clouds, which I thought was funny. Okay, uh, I never I thought about... To, I just have to tell this because I, I've seen it so many times, a clip of Denny O'Neill saying it so much. There was once an issue of Superman, or the other action or Superman. He once blew up, literally blew out a star like it was a candle. That's insane. This was back in the like in the fifties, sixties. That would have like devastating ramifications. <laughs> like yeah, um, but I doubt. Like, oh, I, like I kind of was like, oh, I never thought he could do that. I'm like, oh, he could kind of control the weather by doing that if he so chose. Like he could make clouds and make it rain. Um, so yeah, he does that, and like, oh, it's gonna be sunny. And then we get the kind of uh, cutaway, which is Wagner shows up at Oliver's apartment. It's like, yeah, Block went crazy and tried to kill Lex, revealing that Oliver was behind everything, um, and also that there was another person uh, was there. And Oliver's like, go and find that person. And when Wagner leaves, uh, Oliver like shoots an arrow and is like mentions Borneo. Um, oh god, this part was so bad. And then he shoots an arrow out the, the window kind of thing, and it lands on top of the Daily Planet, which is a mile away and hitting Borneo uh, on the planet, on the Daily Planet. Oh, God, it's so bad. Yeah, and it's, like, really terrible CGI. I would say, like, that's, like, the big thing that Arrow kind of fixed is, like, the way the shooting the arrows looked. Because, um, yeah. Also, his costume, when we get to his costume, is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> 
Although they do kind of do a similar costume. I can't remember what season of Arrow. Like, I think, like, season five. Um, it's not shiny and glossy, but uh, they do use it. Also, it doesn't help that during New, 50, New 52, they basically retconned Green Arrow to be the Smallville version. Hmm. I'm sorry. I was trying to look and see if there was, like, a confirmation that the the tower is what's used in one of the shows. Because I remember the clock. I can't remember which show. I think it was Batwoman. At least I thought it was. Maybe it was a different show. Oh, you know what it was? Um, and the crisis thing. I think it's the place where Martian Manhunter builds his thing for um, in Supergirl. Or he has, like, his base or whatever. Oh, the tower? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because that's filmed in Vancouver. And I think it's basically the exact same clock tower. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've actually... I'm a couple episodes behind, so I don't even know if they've re-shown that. But he made, like, a mini base um, for them to, like, have their meetings outside the DEO since Lex owns the DEO. And I think it's the clock tower. So, yeah, that's these two episodes. Um, This one was fine. It's fun. This is, like, the only time we get any real um, stuff about anything going forward. Um... And then mostly we get like the kind of the stuff with Oliver and then the phantoms going forward is like our main storyline. Um, and yeah, so our next episode is Wither, um, which I think we get our first uh, phantom zone thing, which is like not poison ivy, poison ivy. Basically a ripoff. Yeah. And then we get like the Oliver Queen arrow. It's called arrow, but like it's an Oliver centric episode. Uh, yeah. And that's our next two episodes. Uh, we have some clips if you want to set them up, Al. Yeah, the first is Wither. Clark is checking up on Chloe and complaining. And Clark is complaining about Lois. And Chloe's mentioning stuff, mentioning the what, ha- what happened at the makeout point. And it's Clark. It's basically it's the discovery. Clark's discovery that Jimmy and Chloe are dating or together. And the next and for Arrow. It is Clark and Chloe talking about the Green Arrow before they find out his secret identity. All right, well, let's check those out here. Hey. Hey, how goes life living with Lois? Closer to coffee, further from sanity, but, you know, until Metropolis University reopens, I guess, what is it they say about a gift horse? Stay away from the mouth, which is difficult because Lois uses her so much. Right. So what's going on? Okay, so... I found a body in the woods up at Lone Pine last night. Girl and guy decide to make like the birds and the bees. Girl gets her wings cut. Guy buzzes off. You think he killed her? I seriously doubt some freshly minted pimple popper is physically capable of doing that. I mean, the M.O. wasn't exactly normal, if you know what I mean. What do you mean? Impaling people in trees in under five minutes isn't humanly possible. Unless the guy was infected with kryptonite. And that's our only lead, and he's still missing. What were you doing to make a point? What's up, CK? Chloe, what's all the buzz? Seven stolen artifacts were anonymously returned to the Met, the Tate, and the Louvre. Looks like you've got some friendly competition in the Night and Shining Armor arena. The guy does a couple good things and he goes from villain to hero overnight. Clark, 
Every time he strikes some corrupt tycoon, an anonymous donation to some charity mysteriously appears the next day. And you don't care how many laws are broken to get it there? Oh, I guess that's just the price of justice. I mean, if you ask me, he's a modern-day Robin Hood. That still doesn't mean I'm not dying to find out who he is, though. Oh, hey, I never heard back from you after I sent you the picture of that crest. I kind of ran into a dead end. It's funny, so did I. All my files on the ring are gone, including the backup files, Clark. Don't look into him, Chloe. You know who he is, don't you? He's a favor to me. Please don't. And he knows who you are. Well, I guess there's some sort of secret code of honor among superheroes. All right. And so and that does it for this episode. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Don't forget to check out all our other shows. Uh, the comic show, we're still going strong. We just finished My Hero Academia, and we haven't decided our next book. Check that out. Then, Al, you have... Uh, VGU.TV. Yep, VGU.TV. And the latest episode of Players Club went out, or the latest episode of Players Club will be up by the time... By sometime this week. Last week, or we... Last time we talked about... Me and Emmett talked about... or. It was mainly Emmett ranking that his top 50 games. And yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for at VGU.TV for more stuff. All right. So, um, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. I'm Lou Gonzalez. And I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast is for truth, justice, and American wine.